Welcome to the Film Look Podcast, where we try and achieve it one shot at a time. I'm one half of the Film Look, Robert Carr. We're also joined by the official, unofficial third member of the Film Look, Christian Foreman. Hello. And today we have a very special guest. Um, we have our producer of our last short film, Emily Grew. Hello. Hello. Um, obviously, you've just realised that Rich is not here, so we thought we'd bring Emily in to be on the podcast. Although we have a, a creepy cutout of Richard in the corner watching over it's us. It's staring literally right at me. <laughs> well, I got a little Just, bit lo- judgmental eyes. Yeah, I got a little bit lonely this week without him and I thought I'll cut out his head. Actually, I used uh, it to frame up. So. Do you know how weird that is, Rob? Yeah. <laughs> I used make it make a cutout of your friend when he's not here. I used I use it as a practical use. So when I was framing up, I needed something to focus on and uh, yeah, yeah okay. that's, it's his head. So I hope when I'm not here, he does the same. Otherwise, I won't be very happy. The way uh, he's looking at me I feel like he's like judging me <laughs> like I mean, you must do a good job yeah like, that's why yeah. <laughs> you are his replacement so um Emily you've been the producer on our last short film you helped us with the next ones um tell us a little bit about you I didn't prepare you for this so <laughs> just why you like films and why you like producing um so I'm a storyteller so I've always been interested in telling stories and that's in the last few years, um, turned into a visual format. Um, I started off writing and directing, but kind of realised that I need to work on that a lot more before I get to the stage that I'm happy with. So I picked up producing, and it just seems to be something that naturally I, I tend to be you really like, okay at yeah. um, and enjoy. Um, and it's nice to be able to be a part of someone else's creative process mm. as well and kind of learn from other people. Cool. I mean, for us, having a producer's just helped as well because we do producing as well, but it's not kind of the thing that we really like doing and mm-hmm. organising things. So that's why we got you. So um, so on today's podcast, I obviously start off with a fact. Today is no different. I have a fact about 2001 A Space Odyssey, and we've got some thoughts about this film on this podcast. Yeah, it was its anniversary the other day, yeah, wasn't it's, it? it's 50 years, yeah. which I didn't realise it's actually that old. And here's some facts for you. So it's 50 years ago. It, it has 601 individual shots in the film, and each shot averages out at 13 seconds long. It's quite a slow-paced film. Quite a slow-paced film. Um, he's, th- this is one. This is his slowest-paced film. The fastest is Doctor Strangelove, which I haven't actually seen. That's good. So, um, there's a little fact for today, and if you want to know a little bit more about our thoughts on 2001, there's a podcast all about it, one of our episodes, where me and Rich... Kind of disagree with Christian a little bit, and probably no, the rest of the with world. The rest of the world, yeah. yeah. You're not. You're in the minority in yeah, this. Well, um, Emily, <laughs> have you seen 2001? I have, but it was when I was a child, so I okay. I don't have a memory. Watch, really watch it again. It. Come yeah. back on the podcast it, oh, it, and tell them how wrong they are. It's, well, it's it's, it's my dad's all time favorite <laughs> film, so I really should. Well, well, it's I, a lot of people's all-time favorite yeah. um, Me and Rich disagree with your dad, so <laughs> just to let you know about that, because it's, yeah, we've got some opinions. Right, Christian, let us know what we're doing on this week's podcast. So coming up on this week's podcast, we have news and views where Rob will be talking about five new camera monitors and how light works. It's quite a big subject, that. And then, and you haven't seen that, we'll be figuring out how Shaun of the Dead achieved the film look by dissecting its filmmaking properties. If you want to send us any questions, topic suggestions or comments, you can send us them via Twitter at the film look. And if you like the podcast, then why not give us a rating over on iTunes? And if you didn't know, this podcast is an extension of a YouTube channel called The Film Look, where videos are uploaded every Tuesday and Sunday about all things filmmaking. I'm going to take a breath. You can also find some behind-the-scenes content over on our Facebook and Instagram. All links are in the show notes below. Rob, get us started with... Oh, no. Who's going to do the jingle? Well, you still have to do it. So, you know how to do the jingle, right, Emily? 
You get yeah. Which bit do you want me to do? Use it. Use it. Use it. Use and views. Okay. 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 Go. News and views. Nah, nah, nah. News and views. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, we don't need rich. No, we don't at all. <laughs> um, so this week's news and views, I don't actually have too much because uh, NAB is upon us. Um, and if you don't know what that is, it's a massive camera convention in Las Vegas. But loads of new stuff gets announced. Um, and it's happening pretty much now and in the next couple of days. So next week's uh, news and views will be jam-packed. It's probably going to be longer than talking about the film. Um, but the, there's a few early announcements. And one of them is Small HD, who make camera monitors. And they've announced five new ones. I don't know why they've announced five, but they've got five. So they've got um, their new f- their Focus, which is similar to the fake one we've got from Andy Cine. Um The Focus has kind of got an updated um, OLED screen, if that's if OLED, OLED, yeah, um, with a touchscreen and it's just a little bit sharper, it's a little bit better. Um, and it's also got SDI out, if that's your thing. Um, and then they've got a few other little ones as well. But... I just don't get why they're not five at the same time. Like, it's just too confusing. Oh, they've also got some wireless ones, which look pretty good. Um, a little bit expensive for my taste, but yeah. Um, like it says, next week, there's going to be a ton of new uh, kind of news. GoPro actually have announced a new camera, but I didn't think it was worth mentioning because it looks crap. Um, and a few other lenses and stuff. So yeah, tune in to kind of news and views next week because there's going to be a ton. Um, the only view I've got this week is from the same channel, but there's, he's got um, four videos about light. Like Christian says, um, light theory. We could spend about days talking about this. but Decades. He, decades, yeah. <laughs> but he, he breaks it down because he's a cinematographer and he um, he, he, he talks about um, light being used on film. So he's, he, But it's more of the technical point. So it's understanding the numbers and stuff like that, which might seem boring to some people, but to me, I find it really interesting. Um, so he's got a couple of videos on... Uh, three ways to measure light. So he talks about light meters and things like that, which I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Then he's actually got a, an episode on the exposure formula. So there's a lot of maths in this video, but I did it and tested it. And I was like, wow, that's super interesting. Is a kind of someone who wants to get better at cinematography. Then he talks about do cinematographers need light meters? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to use a light meter. Um, and one good thing he says in the video is when you just start now you don't really need one um you just kind of put the put the camera down turn the lights on and off which i love doing um if rich was here he would wind us up about that um and when you, that's good you should do that but if once you want to go to the next step you need to get more technical and the only way to do that is kind of using a light meter obviously you've got false color now which i'm also learning as well but he talks about do cinematographers need a light meter but and then a fourth video is what light meter to buy. So there's loads of different types, loads of different brands and costs um, out there. And he kind of goes through the different options. And the reason I, the four videos and they go into so much detail, um, there's so many notes to kind of take down and learn from these videos. If you really want to get into cinematography and understanding light, I think these are key and it's all free. Um, it's on YouTube. Matt Workman, um, obviously he's got his um, Cine Designer, which is a 3D um, kind of uh, pre-vis program, which he, he's got, which looks amazing. But he, he, he uses his knowledge from shooting on film to shooting on digital, shooting, you know, music videos for Ludacris and Exhibit. He's done quite a few music videos like that and a few films as well. So yeah, go check him out if you really want to learn about light and light meters. Um, th- there's about two hours worth of content there, so it's pretty good um like it says not as much news and views as normal but those are the most notable ones so that's the end of news and views 
Views and views. Na na na. Views and views. Na na na. Good job. Brilliant. Good. Good, good job. job. Yeah. Good job. All right. Moving on to you haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. Where we're going to be talking about Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is a 2004 British horror comedy film directed by Edgar Wright, written by Edgar Wright himself and Sean Pegg, and starring Sean Pegg. Simon Pegg. Sean's, <laughs> Sean's his name in the film. Sean, yeah. <laughs> starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. The film is about Sean, a direct, directionless Londoner who was caught in an apocalyptic zombie uprising. The film received a lot of critical and commercial success and was nominated for a BAFTA. It is the first in Wright and Pegg's, what's it called? Cornetto Trilogy. Uh, the other two were Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Emily, you are the guest this week and this was your choice. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us why you picked it? Um, it's one of my all-time favourite films um, and I thought that it was an interesting one to talk about on the podcast because um, it stands out as a really unusual genre, I think, um, and not like anything else that you've talked mm-hmm. about before on the podcast. Um, and I never get sick of talking about this film. So <laughs> I mean, the DVD on the front of it says a romantic comedy with zombies. That's how it's described. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Quite it is accurate. Yeah. Rob, have you seen this before? Yeah, I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah, um, I think everyone has, right? Yeah, I think, uh, obviously. Especially I've if se- you're in a film. Yeah. This Hot Fuzz, um, I've only seen The World's End once. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm, it's my least favourite of yeah, the three. Yeah, yeah. It's still very good in, in certain ways, but not as good as these first two, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, me too. I've seen it many times. Um, it's probably the most of the Connor trilogy I've seen. I think it's very clever and funny. Uh, it's, th- it's very, very funny. Yeah, I think I've seen Hot Fuzz the most. Really? Yeah. I don't know why, but... <laughs> I like how every, everything in this film is very deliberate. Like, mm-hmm. every scene matters, and yeah. it's got multiple layers, and it makes fun of the genre, but at the same time, you can tell they really, really love mm-hmm. uh, the horror genre, mm-hmm. and they pay homage to it a lot throughout the film. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to start off by, we normally start off by characters and character mm-hmm. development. Uh, does anyone have anything to say about that? Um, well, I think, obviously, Sean's character, he's introduced really well into this. You kind of understand who he is when he's having the conversation with his girlfriend, um, and they kind of have a mini argument and all of some of the well the other characters are introduced within that argument but they're sitting next to them and it's like <laughs> it's it very ke- comedic yeah it's yeah. it's like a two a, a single shot like on both of them and then it goes um it goes out to Ed and then to the, the other two friends and they're still there but it's it's like in within the conversation and especially when um the the Simon Pegg's um was Liz Liz is talking to um to Sean and uh, Ed's in the background and he's like kind of saying the words that everyone's thinking. Yeah. So, and and it's just, it's the way he's introduced um, and it, obviously he has a, a big arc of like becoming the, the hero at the yeah. end and yeah. stumbling through it. And, and I mean, so. I think the whole story really is, is about Sean and it's the other characters are kind of just there to fulfill a purpose in mm. his story. That's kind of the way I... Yeah, I see definitely. the other characters. He's, he's a very particular type of person, isn't mm-hmm. he? He's late 20s, 29. 29 and he's so living yeah. like a student. Mm-hmm. Like the, the type of life he's living would be okay if he was like 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, he's quite a crummy apartment and this dead end job and he doesn't care about his girlfriend or he doesn't at least put any effort in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a bit of Sean in a lot of people, which is why he's so relatable as a character. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that arc of him you know, stepping up and taking charge of his own life uh, is, is an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, I'm- But then it's, it's kind of unusual in the 
what you traditionally expect from a character arc because usually you you do that and then you change as a person but actually in the this end it goes back to the status quo and you know he's, <laughs> he's doing the, sofa, the same thing yeah. which i guess from liz always says that she wants like she she breaks up with him pretty much right at the start of the the film and she says that it's because they're just doing the same thing every day she wants some excitement and mm. i guess after everything that happens with all the zombies and everything it's kind of like well that's enough excitement like for yeah. life let's just that's very do true. the same thing every day yeah let's and just sit on the sofa because they have the little plan at the end where what we're doing today it's a sunday and then yeah. it starts with a cup of tea and because they could have ended that last that last scene with them planning to do all these crazy adventures together yeah. couldn't they and they yeah. didn't yeah. no so yeah it's it, it is they're just like you said the excitement's gone out yeah. of their lives so and i think that's more realistic because <clears throat> people don't really change like you do over obviously the course of your life but it's very unrealistic to always expect somebody to change in so a relationship quickly, yeah. so quickly. So I think it's it's actually quite nice to get some yeah. a but realistic I mean, ending. The six months isn't there between the incident happening and yeah. then when yeah. the final scene. Um, but during the day, he, he probably does, a, you know, he steps up and he becomes this hero. Yeah. But like he says, in six months' time, he's not going to change. He yeah. still just wants to play PlayStation with his yeah. mate, doesn't he? So, yeah. um, I mean, Nick Frost's character in this, Ed... Like I, I really He's like so him. So funny. But uh, and and one of the, the what makes him funny is we'll get onto the editing later on. But it's it's how, it, well, it's a lot to do with the script as well. It's like I says earlier when they're having the conversation and he's he's on the fruit machine and he's saying certain words and it's finishing the sentences and that's just clever script writing and storytelling um but he's you know you know he's like a funny character to have around yeah well the way that all the characters are set up and developed in that first pre-scene before the credits mm-hmm. is brilliant because you know exactly who each one of those people are yeah. in that three minutes or whatever it is of dialogue yeah um it's not a it's not an original story as such. Like the story's been told before. Mm-hmm. It's just got the zombie yeah. story running through it. Yeah. But the way they executed every everything is is transpiring. Yeah, I mean the way they introduced the characters, but that also translates into how they introduced what was happening in the world. Yeah. So with, slowly. With slowly, but it goes. You know, when they're flicking through the TV and it's saying, it's telling you, yeah. this is what's happening. This is what's happening. But it's done like it's exposition in a way, but it's just. It's the t- well, flicking over the channels. It's, it's exposition, but it's also showing you um, what Sean's like as a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just oblivious to this yeah. world yeah. and yeah. just going through life like yeah. a zombie, so not paying attention or anything. Yeah. So it's doing two things at once. Yeah. It's telling you what, what's happening, but it's also doing it in a character developing way. Yeah, yeah which is which is super, super important because it could have just been, this is what's happening, I'm going to tell you for 10 minutes. I think yeah. World War Z does that and it's telling you about zombies. We all know what, yeah. what it's all about. So. Yeah. Um, and you don't even need to know why or anything like that because everyone's seen zombie films and you yeah. know you yeah. know that how to kill them. You they just need to give you the basic information and you can kind of put Yeah, it assumes so. a lot of knowledge from the audience, which is nice. It doesn't underestimate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, the story has been told about their relationship, it's just with zombies, so yeah. which is cool. No, the thing is all of the characters are quite well rounded. You you don't like the people that you're not meant to like. Mm-hmm. Which is Quite rare for a comedy at yeah. this level. Yeah. It's, very, it dra- a, it's very dramatic yeah. for a comedy film. Yeah, it's a comedy at the end of the day. Um, you know, it's, I think it's first and foremost a comedy. Yeah. Above everything else. Which, which it does get right with certain films like this, and we've spoke about these in the past, <clears> where um, Get Out kind of comes to mind. I know you guys loved it, but I didn't think it knew what it was. It was kind of be a drama. It was kind of be a comedy. This knew what it was going to be uh, from the start. Um, I mean, Get Get Out did has done really well, and I definitely need to go back and watch it because uh, I don't 
think I got it as much the first time, but with this, it's just a pure comedy, and yeah. that's why I can go back and watch it so many times because mm-hmm. it's it's just fun. I was listening to the um, director's commentary, and um, Edgar and, and Simon were saying that they didn't want it to be a comedy like a spoof they didn't mm-hmm. want it to yeah. be a spoof of a zombie film because they love zombie films so much yeah and you could it's, see that yeah, yeah and it's meant to be a, a comedy that just happens to also be a zombie yeah. film and they execute that really really yeah. well i mean there's still a lot of originality within the zombie genre um just kind of you know when they're fighting them and the they get the records and stuff like that's just they're com- yeah. comedic relief isn't yeah it? and yeah. you know they're flicking through the records and they decide which one's good and which one's not and it's just like great that's perfect and then um, you can kind of tell you know um the two characters ed and sean simon and nick in real life you know they're just mates anyway yeah. and they would probably do some of this yeah. and it just translates so well on screen they're just they're just having a good time on set which is uh super fun to see so uh, do you want to talk about editing? Edi- oh, not editing, sorry, direction. I was going to say, we've uh, come forward there. Um, so this is Edgar Wright. This was, I think, his first... Well, I think it was his, officially his second, but this was his first yeah. higher higher budget film. Yeah. yeah, he did yeah. Spaced before this. Well, that was a TV, TV That was a sitcom. Yeah. I know he did another one, but he's not really proud of it, so he just kind of <laughs> skips it and isn't yeah. using things. So this is officially his first one. And I think this came out of... The idea came out of an episode of Spaced, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The- Resident Evil. Yeah. Episode. They did a little sketch on there and then mm. it, they transformed it into this. Um, but I don't know what I was going to say. Any thoughts on the direction, really? I mean, um, obviously, we've seen Egg Wright's films after this. Um, and the, 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 a lot of them do stick to the same format of editing and direction and characters. And you do, the thing is, he always does characters really well. And yeah. this is. He's, he's definitely done that. There's, there's people who you can relate to, who you like, uh, who you a, want to do well. It's and, an extremely British film as well. Yeah. It's a very, very British film, Yeah, whatever that means. Um, yeah. You can well, tell it's... The act, I mean, the cast. Like, yeah. You've got... Um, the off, all you know, all of the but office. The, you've got the cast, you've got the story, the references, yeah. the uses a cricket bat, they go to the yeah. pub, all the accents. It's like yeah, yeah. this is although it's it's a hugely popular film outside of Britain as well. Um everyone in the States really loves this film. It's one of those ones that people when people say British film they go Shaun of the Dead. Mm. Um and I, I just wonder why that is, why it transcends so nicely across across seas as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean uh, I suppose it is the you know, going down the pub things like that and it's it's things that people would think of England and um with the Jag you know that's a very British car and it's it's the thing is this was done quite a few years ago it's 2004 now mm. so you know it's 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 getting on a bit but it's it's still just as funny and like relevant I think um which is which is nice to see I mean as a director Edgar Wright he's up there with one of my favorites yeah. just because what he does I think we've talked about this before but he's created his created his own-esque hasn't he Mm-hmm. Like this is mm-hmm. a this is an Edgar Wright esque film, yeah. yeah. Whatever that means. This was the start of that. This was the start of it. We hadn't I mean, seen this type of like camera work and and yeah. editing until now. His signature is the I think he calls them the crash bang sequences, mm-hmm. where you've got the, the yeah yeah those ones. Is <laughs> he um, in the room? <laughs> and it's 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 often the mundane things that you have to put in to show that I don't know there's a passage of time or, yeah. but he doesn't want to just show passage of time like there's a similar one in hot fuzz like a traveling sequence mm-hmm. um and yeah he just makes the mundane interesting yeah, even with um baby driver 
yeah. which is last year, you know, very similar. I mean, with his types of scripts as well, you know, he, he directs them and he knows how they want it to be edited and he knows that they're going to do these small montages. And with this, it just helps, like you said, the story progress faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the best scene is where, you know, they're figuring out the plan. And it's kind of like they're going to the Winchester and they get to that point eventually and then they kind of keep cutting back to what the plan is um, and, and stuff like that. And it's just amazing that, you, you know, you spent that much time beforehand. This is how I'm going to tell a story and he's visually done it as well yeah. and directed it. I mean, so. the thing that he does really well is visual comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's comparing it to like a typical American comedy where the the comedy's all in, in the dialogue mainly or it's mm-hmm. like in the slapstick. Um, it's... It's a visual comedy, so things enter frame in really strange mm-hmm. places, and you, well, it's you like, pan across to something and then pan back. Yeah. And it's like that first scene when they're talking about the roommate, yeah. and then jump cut. He's, he's there. there. Yeah. He's actually there. And then they were talking about their room, the other guys. Yeah, and, and they're, they're just the, sitting next to each other. It's yeah. like it's they could have opened that scene with everyone in frame, mm-hmm. and it would have been completely different, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Um, so he does that really well to set that up from the script to, to, to yeah. kind of execution as well. So, uh, Cinematography, Rob? I mean, cinematography in this is, um, I think it's more down to the editing, but um, everything looks looks good. The the aesthetic of all of the rooms, you know, it looks like a student flat. Um, the pub looks like a, a pub that you really wouldn't want to sit in too much. <laughs> um, and it's, it's and but the, with, the, with the shot types as well, you know, with a fast, well, this is, is going to I think cinematography and editing they must have worked so close together mm. to get this right because there's a lot of fast cuts um, there's a lot of they, prob- you, they probably you, had the edit in mind when they were yeah, on set you know they're giving you um, all of the information very quickly um, so you have to you know follow along but it, it allows the story to progress um, and you know there's no fancy shots as I like to call them like there's it's just it's very simple coverage but it works but it's very clever in the cinematography of the shot types so we'll go back to the opening scene again it's a you know it's a shot on um Sean and Liz is it Liz mm-hmm. you know it's kind of medium close up you think they're only there and it goes so you see uh see Ed and then you see the two of them it and it just you know the cinematography of that and the, I think it's it it a lot of it is down to Edgar Wright's um, execution yeah. of telling this story he, he has an input in you know everything he does because he knows how to tell it um, and I suppose cinematographers and just need a the 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 probably's happy that and then they can they can put their own little creative way into it um, so yeah well I'm going to jump to editing now yeah because it's so closely related so do you want to talk about editing yeah so the editing is probably the most as we've said the most recognizable feature of Edgar Wright films it's very unique isn't it yeah so there's a lot of um you know fast cuts in here I think obviously I mentioned earlier that uh 2001 has an average of eight seconds per uh shot this you is 13 yeah 13 so uh this will be uh this will be a lot less than because <laughs> there is a lot of fast cuts but it has to be like that it has to tell the story this film is only an hour and 30 minutes yeah, least, something, quite short. something like that so um it's it's quite short but kind of what uh what i really like about it is when they kind of go back to previous shots and scenes so um you see in the mundane life of uh the people around him and one the one that definitely stands out is obviously he walks to the the, the shop mm-hmm. the, the first time um and everyone you know you see the people around um and then they go back to that. So, but then everyone's a zombie now. So it's uh, it's it's interesting to see that and how he interacts with 
everyone uh, again. So um, the shopkeeper's not there. You know, there's blood on the on the yeah. on the door. He slips on. Yeah, the floor he as slips. Well. Yeah, and I just noticed that when I watched it last, he slips on that. Um, it's like Groundhog Day. Yeah, the homeless guy asking for money, but he's actually just yeah. trying to get to him. Um, and it's it's kind of and that one shot as well that works yeah, so well in a in a wanna. It's really nice. Um, and with with kind of like throughout the film, it's you kind of know where everyone is as well, which is quite good about this. When there's um when there's a lot going on and there's a lot of action, um, there's sometimes you you don't know where people are in the scene. Um, Transformers comes to mind. You just don't know what's where anyone is on the left or the right or the upside down. Or you don't really know. With this, you know where everyone is. Um, but I think that's kind of because it's all set around. It's either the flat or the parents' house or the pub. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know you only really see them outside when they're traveling in the car but you kind of know where they're going actually with that i know they go and pick everyone up and yeah. the winchester is uh their local mm-hmm. it's miles away <laughs> it's not local that's true yeah it's like well it might be local to sean but not to because they go and pick a up don't they yeah well i know but liz is it's her local yeah so how and they local? walk home the first the night after he's been dumped him and uh, ed walk home as well yeah so it's good. Yeah. Po- good point. It's 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 miles away. So really, this plan is not kind of a, a good idea of going to the pub. When you think well, it was never it. a good plan, no. was it? No, it was never a good plan. No, it definitely wasn't. Um, I've got questions about about that later on. All right, so, that's exciting. Yeah, a little sizzle. Uh, it's just a question. Um, so yeah, what we're talking about? Editing. You Editing. just went around. Yeah, I did. Um, some of the some of the cuts again, kind of add to that visual comedy that I was talking about before, where You'll have a cut from them beating, hammering a zombie to death as, you know, they've got flicks of red mm. flying up at their face. And then they're sat on the sofa licking a strawberry conetto. And yeah. it's just like... <laughs> yeah, just that, that type it's that of con- contrast, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I really, I forgot about the rego play scene and it's just, I think it just works really well. Yeah. Um, when they're just flicking backwards and forwards between the zombies coming. Uh, there's a little, little bit of a continuity mistake in that, but I, it's... Perfectly fine. Uh, you kind of get away with that. That's the only one actually. There's a few continuity mistakes, but it's always it feels deliberate. Yeah. When they do it, you kind of accept it with this because it's such uh, kind of re- what what's going on. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and out there, but it's it, and it, and with it being so fast paced, you're like th- there will be some. Uh, I mean the, the like, again the montage of them figuring out what to do, and then the, uh because it just keeps getting shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. Um. And the keeps in. Uh, oh, we'll take care of uh, who's his dad called? Well, who's not his dad? Philip. Philip. Uh, we'll take care of Philip, and then the last one is like, we'll kill. I'll kill Philip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, then Bill Nye is just yeah. fantastic yeah. as well. This that he does like a little spin the first time you see him. Yeah. He like spins round, and it's just oh, yeah. He's he's, love he's very good, Bill Nye. <laughs> uh, I forgot he was in this, and the amount of people that's actually in this, we didn't touch on that. I suppose the other so many people. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's think got, of anyone that's a British actor. They're in it. The, yeah. Every actor from Spaced is in this. In every actor from Spaced. So. You got... See, I was that was going to be one of my facts, but I think, um, oh, I can't remember his name now, the guy that lives downstairs in Spaced, mm-hmm. he, I don't think he's in it, is but he, everyone else is. That's true. What's he called? No, I don't think is he's in tra- this. Trees? No, because no, he's in it as a... Oh, is it tra- Brian? Brian. Uh, oh, I can't. It's a while since I've seen. Um, oh, he's uh, actually uh, obviously Chris Martin is in one of the. Cr- uh, he's in the TV, isn't he? He's in the TV because yeah. they're doing Zombie Aid. Yeah. He's actually one of the zombies. Yeah. He is. As, really? uh, as they come out the pub uh, for the last time, he's one of the zombies. It'd be yeah. great to be a zombie. Uh, it's like uh, being a stormtrooper in Star Wars. Yeah. 
I'm great to be mm, in the zombie yeah. in the background. All the zombies that you do see are people that you've seen previously not being zombies, like in real life. Oh, not right. real life, yeah. but like yeah. in the story. Yeah. yeah. Which makes sense that Chris Martin is a zombie at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like when he's walking to the... Well, no, he's not. A, he's a zombie, but then he's not. Oh, right, okay. He's just know. a zombie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tires is one as well. Yeah, he's, he's um, in there. Um, and it, it's interesting to see the the other group as well, who's the exact same group as, yeah. you know, Sean's group, and it's... Um, the it's got Martin Freeman Martin in Martin Freeman in it, but they're all... And uh, they were going to do possibly something above them. Matt, Matt Lucas as well. Yeah, he, he plays uh, Nick Snick's <laughs> character. It's, it's weird just seeing him just there, so... And then Marsha's in it as well from Space, so she's the mum equivalent, but it yeah. looks nothing like her. Like, oh. I only noticed from when they were talking in the director's commentary about it, because she looks completely different. Oh, really? Um, I didn't notice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's just I like how there's there's a lot of like in references and they're getting the mates involved in this because you could tell like everyone's mates here. That's it works so well because of the chemistry I think yeah. of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost on the screen and everyone else. Like you can see, this is just they're having fun mm-hmm. and it's nice to watch when you know that. Uh, I'll move quickly on to because it's linked as well the sound in this film. Mm. Um, Edgar Wright is a director's hyper aware of how important sound is in films mm-hmm. and it plays a big part in the edit um it's not very natural sounds it's all post stuff added yeah, in and lots of like whoosh, 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 yeah it's whoosh, all kind of everything over the top it's cartoonish yeah. really yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like when he picks up uh for example when he picks up the pool cue and he like swishes it around yeah. it's like that's not how a pool cue sounds it just makes it more i don't know i don't know what it does it just creates an atmosphere yeah. or it creates a, a yeah no, it does. With this, it's it's kind of um, it's it's not real sounds, but the situation they're in, it and it just heightens it, yeah. certain. Th- he he makes the audience focus on what he wants you to focus on, right? Yeah, uh-huh. um, like the vinyls flying, you know, the skull, the sounds of that, and with the the spade when he lifts out, it was got a yeah, like yeah. That, and it's got a crash, and it, it it just adds all to this. Like when he he looks out of when they're in the flat. And the two guys are at the two zombies are in the garden, and he asks, "Are they still there?" Mm. And you can't hear anything. Then he opens the curtains, and you can hear them. And yeah. then he closes the curtains, and you, you can't, can't hear them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Just things like that, or like when he's looking out the letterbox, and you can't hear anything. Then he then he just shifts his gears, and then they're all there, and you can suddenly hear them. Yeah, yeah. And it's just as fun. It's, it's very clever. <laughs> it's just really yeah. fun, yeah. Because you could just you could just put that that atmosphere of the groaning because, constantly, but. but it wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't have as much it wouldn't, impact. There would be as well. no punchline yeah. if you could just hear them all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just, there's no, there's not as much impact that, as well. Like, that comedic timing yeah, yeah. of the sounds is is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, delivering like this film, the, like you said, the comedic timing. It's like it's done in the editing. It's done in the sound. It's done in the shot types. It, it, it all adds up to make it what it is and to be funny. Yeah, you know, it's not like it says. Like American stuff is very much in the in the dialogue and the gags and the exposition and it's basically saying laugh at this I'm telling you to laugh at this but with this it doesn't it's just it's just natural in a way um, I mean if I was I would I mean there's a lot of people who try to replicate kind of his style I think every film student tries to replicate yeah, his style yeah and it's not necessarily a good thing to do but you know if you can take some elements out of it especially the editing I think um, I mean every you write about student films you, you do see that the montage of Waking up in the morning, and it's it's really fast time, and um, but you have to do it. It's a cliche. You kind of take it off the list, get it done, and at least you've done it. So yeah, yeah. Um, what we'll do? Well, I, I skipped over and go back to um, special effects. 
Yeah, visual effects. Um, obviously, a lot in here. There's a lot of obviously special special effects. So a lot of makeup. Um, a lot of the the zombies looked like zombies. They did. Um, one thing. Uh, this is more costume, I suppose. But um, Sean, you always get reference. You've got red on you, and he, the red just keeps getting more yeah, yeah. and more and more. Um, so all the zombies look good. I've know. got a fact about the zombies. Actually, cool. quite a few of them were amputees. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's I guess that's why Fun. they look so effective when they got limbs hanging off or dis dismembered. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Because they've actually got. How do you do yeah. a casting call for that? I don't know. It's... Surely there's. You've got to just. There has to be a way, right? Is it ethical? I don't know. I don't know. I suppose, <laughs> it's a question. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I would. I mean, if you're looking for. Like it says, an you amputee, you yeah. well, put the call out. In many them. ways, it's more ethical to hire an amputee actor yeah, than it yeah. is to hire someone that has all their limbs and pretend that they don't. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, yeah, the short film that won the Oscar this year, who's from England, mm. um, it's about the deaf girl, and she was deaf. Yeah. And uh, we did There Will Be Blood uh, a couple of weeks ago. The kid in that went deaf, but he was actually a deaf kid in real life. So it's, true. it's more ethical to do this. And I suppose um, there's a lot about that in Hollywood at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't they just cast, you know, like a Chinese woman to play a Chinese character? There was um, the one with that woman in it. And she was playing a Chinese woman. That was Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman? No, uh, Scarlett Johansson in that other one. The anime one that got converted into Hollywood. Oh, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. There was a controversy for the one the film we did last week. What was it called? The awful one. The Annihilation. Because she was supposed to be in the book. She was an Asian lady. Oh, really? And uh, they so, cast Natalie Portman. Yeah. I mean, naughty. I, I did like Natalie Portman. <laughs> I just didn't like the film. Have you seen Annihilation? I haven't. No. Don't. Uh, don't bother. Um, <laughs> I, I, I gathered that from the last episode. Yeah. Uh, don't bother. But yeah, so special effects. Uh, good facts about that. I yeah. didn't know that. Um, visual effects. There's a couple. So when the woman um, is in the garden and Sean pushes her and she falls onto the spike, the pole thing. Yeah, that was good, that. Yeah. Um, you kind of, the pole kind of disappears as she does. Bit of a continuity error there, though. Yeah, when she bends down yeah. and she's already getting back up. Um, but it was effective, though, for yeah, the shot. Yeah, and then you obviously see the hole through the, through yeah. the stomach, which is really well. And I can't other visual effects, there might be some... There's a few that they use where they've used special effects but enhanced it with okay. visual effects. Visual. So one of the things is like the eyes. Um, zombies were wearing contact lenses, but on certain characters like Philip, mm-hmm. they... It was um, D double negative that did the visual effects. They've actually enhanced that in his eyes as okay. well, um, so and then things like blood splattering when yeah, I was going to say there's yeah, extra yeah, uh-huh. um, when she got she gets impaled and when Philip gets bitten mm-hmm. neck out of the car. That, that was a lot of blood there, and I thought yeah. they might have added something in post. Yeah. So it's a kind of a, a mixture of special, special and visual, which I kind of like. That's kind of the yeah. way I would like to work, yeah. I suppose, just because visual kind of could ruin it a little bit and I suppose they didn't have the budget to do too many yeah. as well it was so. only I think 4 million yeah oh, is that how much it was yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, which is not much compared to his I think Baby Driver's probably 40 million yeah <laughs> you wouldn't be able to make it with that cast on 4 million nowadays no definitely not it made 30 Fun. so, so it, it, it did extremely well but that's why obviously in America it must have yeah no it did well it, it went across it travelled across the ocean mm-hmm and then that's where you get the money, isn't it? Oh yeah, once that once that <laughs> happens, and obviously that it's kind of set him up to make the next few after that. You know, he's he's he doesn't make too many. Um, no, so he made the three. Yeah. 
what what did he make anything in between Baby Driver? Um, he was actually the director of Ant Man. Oh, he was him and Edgar Wright. Uh, not Edgar Wright. Him and Joe Cornish. Yeah, but and um, then they got dropped because he because wanted of to creati- do, creative differences. He wanted to do. He got employed to to do the Edgar oh, Wright. Oh, he did. Yeah, and he did Tintin. Yeah, he did. Did he? I, I think, thought yeah. Spielberg. He might have been a some oh, sort right, of producer on it. He did Scott Pilgrim as well. Yes. Which, ah, that's yes. right. I knew yeah. there was another one. Scott Pilgrim, which is a uh, I really like that film. Um, yeah. So he's he's done this kind of this definitely put him on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, and I like that he doesn't do too many. He's he's a uh, he's very you know. Um, oh, he did Scott Pilgrim before The World's End, which I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and then Baby Driver. So he, you know, there was five years in between The World's End and Baby Driver. And now, because of Baby Driver, he's never going to stop working. No, exactly. Um, so yeah, what want to know? Uh, soundtrack. 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 Um, yeah. Queen. <laughs> Queen. Queen was in this. That was cool. I like that. What other songs were in this? Was there any? Yeah, there was, there, was lot, there was a lot of songs. At the beginning, there was the um, Ghost Town, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Specials. There was got, a, it's, a, it's a very British soundtrack, yeah. I think. You've Lots got of, uh, uh, not, what was it? It was Electro, not Rap. Yeah. And it actually has ele- just Electro, electro written, written on, the, <laughs> written on the, the vinyl, which I really like. Um, now, soundtrack's really important to Edgar Wright. Like, I mean, Take Baby Driver, that's based mm. off the music that he wanted in the film. And, yeah, the editing um, and everything. Like absolutely. Yeah. Um, another fact, I've got, I'm, I'm full of them. No, I've, got, I've, got, I've got loads of facts as <laughs> um, well, so let's keep going. They've, I think the opening track as the, um, you that know, one like we the logos, at the, beginning. the logos, no, before that, as like the logos and stuff are coming mm. up and as we go into the pub, um, it's from Dawn of the Dead. Oh. And they have, they have other tracks from Dawn of the Dead. and mm-hmm. um, So you're using... Like horror, like zombie tracks in in these yeah. own, in this zombie film. That's yeah, it's a good cool. way to you know pay homage or to yeah. to the films before it. Yeah, until they they have appreciation for yeah. those and types of zombie films. What one of the best tips is when you're writing something like this, you would listen to that as well. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like you said with Baby Driver, I mean we could just do a full episode of Baby Driver, but uh. um, obviously he must do he wrote you know that to those songs and he was trying to kind of get them licensed as well and he didn't know if he could and, and most of the budget must have been spent on songs so apparently I think Baby Driver was his he had that idea before any of these films yeah. Yeah. like that was the one he There's wanted a, to do the most a sketch he did um, and I can't remember the actor that was in it now but you know the very first I know we're talking about a different film now but <laughs> the first scene in Baby Driver where he kind of does the dance in the car and like the windscreen mm. wipers are going that's a sketch that he did like years ago, oh, really? um, yeah. He's kept hold of it and put it with in with a there. British actor, and I can't remember. That's pretty cool. Who it, who it is, but yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he definitely uses music in a very new, unique way, and there's a lot of people that's try to replicate that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, take the Queen uh, scene for example. Mm-hmm. Oh, How my favorite scene? It was yeah, brilliant scene mm-hmm. where everyone's moving in time with the music, isn't yeah. it? Uh, it would be if you change the song, it would be a different mm-hmm. scene. It, like yeah. it, it's an integral part. Uh, everyone hitting that zombie guy in time mm. with uh, Don't Stop Me Now yeah I mean they've killed zombies a lot quicker in previous <laughs> scenes but they seem to take ages yeah. and there's loads of them like with weapons trying to kill him uh, just, yeah I mean the thing is with this film there's not too many things that we can say bad about it well let's go on to that the next thing is how would you do it differently if you were going to do it Um, I don't think I would no I'd, I'd love it too much I'd I, I, honestly, I don't think you you could do anything. I suppose it, w- it might be nice to see that other group of people and what they do, but there just isn't enough time to show that in this film. Well, it's about Sean, isn't it? Sean of the Dead. Yeah, Sean of the Dead. So. Do you think they just reverse engineered 
the title. So they named him Sean because they could have the pun in the title. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't it's, really make a difference. I'm just thinking. It's, it's definitely, it helped it probably s- s- people see it. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, Sean of the Dead, like people, oh, this is this a sequel to that or something? I don't know. Um, I don't know how, I don't know if I would do it differently. Like, would you, Christian? Or? No, I don't think. It's a it's, tough one, isn't a, it? Yeah. It's a particular style. It's all, like I said, it's very deliberate. There's nothing in there that feels like he messed up on. Um, everything that we saw is what we wanted to, what yeah, he wanted I mean, us to see. He, he is a very good filmmaker, um, but with this being his his kind of first feature, he, I know he's done, he did a lot of TV before that, like a lot of TV, and he's been around, he was around a while, and but he had the right people around him for this. But for this to be your first feature, it, it kind of knocks out of the park, you know? It's... I'd have kept uh, Nick Frost alive. Oh, really? No, mm. see, I like that. <laughs> I like that they're just playing PlayStation at the end. Um, fact about that, which I have actually told on the podcast before, is when they're playing PlayStation at the beginning, they're playing Time Splitters, is it? No, no it's, it's something else. Um, uh, we mentioned this on the podcast, yeah. so I can't remember what it was. But um, the instructions that he's given them, uh, that uh, Simon Pegg's character, Sean, obviously Sean, Sean's given Nick, Nick gives him the same instructions in the bar scene. Uh, so he's just like, uh, to your left, reload shoot and it's 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 like four things every says, scene has like multiple mm-hmm. levels to it yeah it does that's why i think you can watch this i've seen this quite a few times um there's so many callbacks yeah everything gets callback done yeah callback done yeah even sense. even in the the like you said we said earlier in the last scene when they're sitting on the sofa you know that's called back to yeah you know the pub um you know there's, there's a few other things where they're sitting in the pub when when he's being dumped like um, the he he pretty much explains the entire plot mm-hmm. to him as well within that within that one scene you know you, you can put what he says to the main scenes in the film and it's you know they're actually telling you what's happening but you don't realize at the time it's just it's a lot of stuff's very well hidden yeah you know and that that's what I really like about this film so you must have spent ages on the script though mm-hmm. yeah. just so well they there's a little extra on the DVD where they um. It's from 2001 and they've got their flip chart. They haven't written the script yet, mm-hmm. but they've basically like got the story in place and what they want. So they have, they go through like the flip chart and to be honest, it's it's pretty spot on like to what the film actually oh, really? is like. Yeah. It's But yeah, that's, I guess, well, from it, from them doing that 2001 to it coming out, that's three years. So it's, it was a long, they spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. 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 Uh, has it aged? Is the question well, before we get into fun facts? Well, we've we've kind of with with age. I think the entertainment value won't, and the comedy won't. But obviously, when you look at things like the car, the technology they use, and that that will age. People will like if me nephews watch it. Like well, you know, they're using all these old things, like the phones, like flip phones. I actually seen a guy with a flip phone the other day, which was really strange. <laughs> um, so, in that sense, probably. Mm. I think it's it was funnier if not it was funny if not funnier when I watched it yesterday mm. than the first time I watched it. So in that sense, it has held up very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a question for you. Go on then. Right, so obviously the, they go to the Winchester. That's their safe place. That's where they think they would be safe. Um, if there was a zombie apocalypse, where would you go? That's a where, good question. Where would you go? I mean, I was thinking about this earlier. Yeah. And obviously, um, Christian, you live above a pub. <laughs> Um, on the third floor, I which, no one, mine, yeah, yeah. which no one can get access to, 
there's I'm you know, a pretty good place to come yeah, to. Yeah, you've got plenty of if no one gets in, you've got plenty of beer, plenty of water, probably plenty of food. So I was thinking about coming around yours. <laughs> <laughs> you better check he's not a zombie first. Oh uh, yeah, I'll give you a call. And if yeah. you don't answer, then I know you're a zombie. No, that's a good one. I've got a little fire escape as well if anything goes tits up. Yeah, you do. Jump out the window. And then you've got a fourth floor, which is, you know, safety, safety room. The there. zombies are probably already in there. Yeah, they probably are. Uh, <laughs> Emily, would you, would you um, go to place? The, we live right next to a co-op and it's got like oh. an office oh, space, yeah. like an office space above. So if I can manage to get up into that, then mm-hmm. that it's it's got windows all the way around as well. So you've got a good view yeah. of the um, might come around surrounding yours. area. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, it's got food and everything. You've got a co-op. Because I was thinking about this, and obviously they go to Winchester, but they're only going to survive there for so long. Uh, yeah, it then, wasn't a very good plan. No, then I thought, well, you just go to a supermarket, but then a lot of people would go, and mm. I think you would get killed by a person and yeah. not a zombie. Yeah. So if I was stocked up and I was ready to go, one of your houses, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was a bit bored earlier, and I thought, why not? Why, why not ask that question? So, do we have any, um, any more facts? Anyone's got any facts? Any facts or interesting tidbits? Um, I have, like, obviously, things like the zombie outbreak doesn't get explained, which is really, we did talk about, but that's the whole premise of the film. There's a zombie outbreak. Um, and that kind of works. Yeah, it's you fine. Know? And you just, you're just hearing snippets. And then near the end, it goes, I think, on the news um, about uh, some radioactive monkey that was a theory, but it it been like said it wasn't, and you think that you're going to like oh that was the reason. Apart from at the very beginning, there's a, um the space spaceship space shuttle comes to Earth two days earlier. That was going to on its way down. It's it's in one of the news reports, so it's kind of like it crashed land in some south south of England. Right. So I'm thinking that's kind of how it. It happened, but it never get ex- gets explained, and that's literally about four seconds of a radio clip of what's happening. So um, maybe, maybe that was it. Um, the only other facts that I've got are was everyone from space. Everyone from spaced was in this. Um, the Winchester is a real pub, but it got turned down and turned into flats. Closed down and turned yeah. into flats. Yeah. Um, um. They, I've got another one about um, the like the trilogy. So in all three films, um. Sean, uh, Simon Pegg jumps over something. So in the first one, he jump tries to jump over the fence and it falls down. Um, yeah. In Hot Fuzz, I think he jumps over. Is it a hedge or yeah. a, some, another fence? Yeah, or, another fence. Yeah. And then in, I think he does the same. Yeah, the same thing in World's End. So they use that in all, <laughs> yeah. all three of them. Which, which um, I remember that was a big scene at the time because it was used in the trailer. Yeah, so it was a really good call. It was, back, a, it was yeah. a really good. Yeah. Um. I've got the word. I've got a fact about the word fuck. Um, I might need to put an R rating on this since I've just said that it's used seventy-seven times in the film. Is it? Yep. I don't even remember. See, that really surprises me because I'm usually quite not sensitive to it, but I, you know, I, I don't like it when it's overused. Yeah. And that sounds quite a lot, but actually, mm. it feels very natural. I, I can't in... really remember it. No. I can't remember the time it was used. Yeah, I, I mean, he does use it. Um, I've got the little clip up here, and and. After that word, he says uh, a doodle do. So it's kind of mixed in between comedy as <laughs> yeah. well. So which is really good. Um, yeah, I've got some more facts somewhere, but I can't. Oh yeah, you know um, Pete. Um, he when he's arguing with Ed, you know when the when they've had too much to drink, and he tells him go live in a shed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to live here, just go and live in the shed. Well, at the end, he actually goes again goes another in. brilliant yeah. callback. A yeah. yeah. little bit of a callback. Yeah. So there's um, another line as well that's a, a callback to I think. Dawn of the Dead, 
Um, apparently, I've not seen it, but um, he says, I'm coming to get you, Barbara. Ed says it. <laughs> um, and that's in that's from um, Dawn of the Dead. That's cool. So lo- loads of throwbacks, which I really like. Um, so, yeah. Well, I think that's it. Unless anyone's got anything else to add. Um, it's in Quentin Tarantino's top 20 films oh, of all wow. time. Oh, no, Quentin Tarantino dubbed Shaun of the Dead on the top 20. You're just reading yeah. off the internet now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally finding these as I go along. I normally do that, but it's normally a little bit more seamless. Um, do you know which Cornetto is in each of the films? Was this strawberry, this one, because of the blood? Yeah. Uh, that's as far as I've got. I think it's mint in the second one. Right. And original in the third one. So in nice. the second one, um, they're eating a, they have a cornetto in the police car. Like, well, they're just, well, before it all kicks off and they're, they're just like going around their mundane daily life. In the third one, it's just a rapper, isn't it? Yeah, the rapper. The rapper right comes the against the fence. Yeah. 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 Um, so the zombie that was in their garden, um, I'm just following, um, <laughs> was called Mary. She was the, the checkout lady in the opening sequence. See, everyone's everyone that you saw previously becomes a zombie. Mm-hmm. They mm. also say um, something about having a bloody Mary in the morning, mm-hmm. um, on the evening, and then obviously they bash Mary to pieces. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, what are we watching next week, Robert? Uh, we're gonna watch because we we're doing a film, um, and it's kind of based around something. What we're gonna watch, and we are going to watch. Um, one flew with the cuckoo's <laughs> nest. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> we're gonna watch one flew over cuckoo's nest. I haven't seen this in a while. Seventies, um, seventies coming. Yeah, Jack, late seventies, I think. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Um, it's it's definitely a long time since I've seen this, so it's going to be interesting to see. It. You've seen that, Emily? I have, seen? Yeah. yeah, it's um, a very good film. As far as I remember, it is really good. We'll find out next week because my opinion normally changes when I go back and watch these. It's Kubrick, right? No. Is it not? Uh, Who is it? Um, just keep talking and I will find it. Keep talking. And well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's got many um, other famous actors in. So there's um, Christopher... Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. Um, Danny DeVito. Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. Uh, How long has it taken you to Google this thing, Rob? Milson Foreman. Right. Foreman. There you go. Me. Got that in. Um, he also did nothing else that I know. Um, <laughs> All right. So if you want to join in the conversation next week, please watch One Flew the Cougar's Nest and tune in to hear what we think about it. Yep. And that's that- it for. Oh yeah. no, that's not the right segment. <laughs> it's um. Oh, we've seen that film. What's about? How do we end this thing? Um, I know. We just see we haven't seen it. Oh, oh we, we have, have now. now. Yeah. There you go. Ended it. Yeah, cheesy. Rob, wrap it up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, actually, that is the end of the podcast. Um, I enjoyed talking about that film. It's difficult to talk about a film that you love so much. Well, it's hard to criticise, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard to criticise. And I don't think there's actually anything to criticise within the filmmaking, the storytelling, and how it's overall... It was was made. Um, It was just... You could clearly tell it had a lot of fun. It was a very passion project. Um, and working closely with you know with Simon Pegg as well wasn't it and the, I think they all had an input. Um, he's he's just a fantastic director. So. Oh, I've got one more thing. You got a fact? No, it's something like Nick Frost wasn't an actor before this. I knew that. Really? He was just Simon before, Pegg's mate before he was in space. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So you just like brought him on set because he was wanting his. I'd, he was just in. I'd, what did I just see him in the new Tomb Raider movie? 
Yeah, he's doing it right now. Yeah, he's doing all right now. Anyway. That film is okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is the end of this podcast. Um, Emily, thank you very much for coming thank on. You for Thanks, me. Emily. Um, we may be calling on you again because why not? And we like having guests on because it's a bit strange. Two people, isn't it? Yeah. Um, actually, you're the first guest. Are you the first? No, we had Lehman before. Oh, you second are the, guest. You are the second guest. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, you are the second guest we've had on. But thank you very much for coming on this thank week's you. podcast. Um, and as always, thank you for listening to this week's podcast where we try and achieve it one shot at a time. And until next time, goodbye. Bye.